Good morning, everybody. How are we all doing? Hmm. We're going to pass around the offering just as we come around the Lord's Word. Got a few verses to read out. Um, do we have anybody here this morning that really loves Jesus? Uh, we started a series a couple of weeks ago called Vertical Church. And uh, we are basically saying that as a church, the reason why we do church is because of Jesus. That Jesus is our angle on everything. Jesus is our passion. He is the only one who deserves all of our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength. That Jesus is the reference point in everything that we do. And that's why we've called this series Vertical Church. Last week, Martin was talking about serving, and he was saying that even in our service, one to another, really we serve because God first served us. We love because God first loved us. That He is the reference point for every single thing that we do. So this morning, we're going to talk about vertical giving. Vertical giving. And that's why we're taking up the offering now, because we're going to talk a little bit about possessions and money and that sort of thing. So strap in your seatbelts. Get ready to go. Okay, we're going to read a few verses, and then I'm um, not going to be too long this morning. I'm just going to share um, a few thoughts with you. Matthew 6, verses 3 to 4. But when you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. I'm not sure if that is actually possible. Um, but I think what Jesus is saying is, and he goes on to say, so that your giving will be in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. When we give, is there that sense that actually we're giving to look good? We want people to see what we're doing? No, we don't want any of that. We want our giving to be vertical. We want it to be to the Lord. Luke 6, verse 30. Give to everyone who asks of you, and whoever takes away what is yours, do not demand it back. Jesus just, I mean, he just never challenged really, did he? He was so easy in the things that he asked people to do. Uh, Luke 6, verse 38. Give, and it will be given unto you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Actually, what Jesus is talking about here, it's in the context of judgment and forgiveness. So he's saying, if you are somebody that gives out judgment, it will return to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. But if you pour out and if you give good things, that will come back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Acts 20 verse 35, it is more blessed to give than to receive. 2 Corinthians 9, now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. There wasn't much laughter this morning when the offering buckets went around, and that disturbs me a little bit. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every 
good deed. Final verse, and this is a bit of a recap of something we did a few weeks ago. Psalm 24, verse 1, for the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Let that sink into your hearts. For the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. How many people here own a bank account? Just raise your hand. Okay. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. How many people here own a wardrobe or a chest of drawers and you've got some clothes that you own in those items of furniture? The, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. How many people own a car? We can keep going all night with this one. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. How many people own a house? We're getting the picture a little bit, some of us. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. You see, this morning, we're not actually going to talk about your possessions. We're not going to talk about your money. We're not going to talk about your car. We're not going to talk about your house. We're going to talk about the Lord's money and the Lord's house and the Lord's car. Because the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Now, the amazing thing is that God, in his wisdom, it doesn't really sound wise to me, but God's wisdom is much higher than mine. And God, in his wisdom, he has chosen to lend stuff to me. He has chosen to borrow, if you're not using correct English, okay? Borrow stuff to you. Doesn't make sense, does it? But hey, it's someone's town for you. Okay, now. Now. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. This morning, we're not going to talk about my money. We're not going to talk about your money. So you don't need to get offended because we're talking about the Lord's money. We're talking about the Lord's possessions. Some people get very offended when we talk about money and stuff in church. And can I just say, can I just say, I I really understand that. I had a little experience this morning. I was really upset and I was in Tesco and I took my lovely chocolate croissant to the hostess with the mostess at the front. And she had the nerve and the audacity to start talking money with me. I mean, in the middle of Tesco's, of all places, demanding money from me. Just right, So I understand. If you're getting a little bit offended about me talking about money, do not worry. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. It all belongs to him. I have a friend uh, called Martin. Not this Martin. He is my friend, but this is another friend called Martin. And uh, Martin had really come to a point in his life where he not only realized that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, but actually he needed to surrender everything that he owned to the Lord. So he just had this mentality in his life. Do you know what? My house is the Lord's. My marriage is the Lord's. My money is the Lord's. And my car is the Lord's. Well, one day, when he had no money whatsoever, his car was stolen. And he did that kind of initial thing of of panic, anger, frustration. And then he thought, hang on a minute. 
It wasn't my car that was stolen. It was the Lord's car that was stolen. And it was like this massive revelation to him. Do you know what, Lord? If it was your car that was stolen, I don't need to worry. And I just want to maybe speak that over some people this morning. That maybe you're having a tough time with certain things. Well, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. I just want to say, if you're having a tough time financially, if you have surrendered yourself to Jesus, your tough time is his tough time. That you are his property. He owns you. And if you surrendered everything to him, he's got your back. Do not worry. That's what Jesus says to us, isn't it? You know, look at, the, look at the world, look at the birds, look at nature. Look at how God is so amazing at providing for even the animals. Do you know what? If he does that for the birds, then he's going to get your back too. He's going to watch over you. It may be a financial thing. It may be an emotional thing. It may be a relational thing, some stuff that you're going through. If you are surrendered to God, then God has got your back. Do you believe that, King's Church? This morning. You see, the challenge is the challenge is that we don't really surrender. This is the problem, isn't it? We're being honest for a moment. I mean, I know we're in church, but I think we can be honest for a moment. We don't really surrender. I surrender some. Hasn't quite got the same power to, has it? You know, I surrender most. Um, we sort of have these terms and conditions. We have these caveats, these sort of moments where, you know, we place everything in God's hand, but then we're very good at taking things back. I wonder this morning, are you a, a term and condition sort of surrender person? Um, I saw this um, advert on YouTube the other day. And I just thought it was hilarious. Can we get that up, Sam? Is that possible? Have a look at this. It's not for everyone. Call your doctor if your depression worsens or you have unusual changes in behavior or thoughts of suicide. Antidepressants can increase these in children, teens, and young adults. Elderly dementia patients taking Abilify have an increased risk of death or stroke. Call your doctor if you have high fever, stiff muscles, and confusion to address a possible life-threatening condition. Or if you have uncontrollable muscle movements, as these could become permanent. High blood sugar has been reported with Abilify and medicines like it. In some cases, extreme high blood sugar can lead to coma or death. Other risks include decreases in white blood cells, which can be serious, dizziness upon standing, seizures, trouble swallowing, and impaired judgment or motor skills. Adding Abilify has made a difference for me. <laughs> that, that's a real ad- That's a whole advert as well. I didn't sort of trim that. That is the whole advert. And you kind of got this moment where, you know, Take this, but there's 80 things that might happen to you. You know, those are the terms and conditions of this company trying to give something. And, I, you know, I just think sometimes in the way that we relate to Jesus, it's like, God, I'm going to give you 80 terms and conditions before I actually give you something. Well, that's not surrender. Surrender is a, is a complete thing. It's an entire thing. It's something we do just totally with abandonment. Now, Martin was saying that 
in a few weeks. When are you going, Martin? What date are you going? To Costa Rica? 17th of November, Martin is going to be going to um, Costa Rica. And I was thinking a little bit about aeroplane journeys. And I was thinking, you know, we, we are all really on an aeroplane journey. We're not with EasyJet, but we're, we're with HeavenJet, okay? We, we are earthborn, as the old song used to go, earthborn, but we are heaven-bound, okay? We are not, this is what I was talking about a couple of weeks ago, that we were not made just to live for the here and now, but God has put something of eternity into our hearts, that there is something within us that cries out for more than what we can see, what we can taste, what we can touch. And it's this thing of eternity that we are made for eternity. So we are all, if you like, this morning, it looks a little bit like a plane this morning, doesn't it? We are sitting on the 747 heaven jet. It's not easy jet because, you know, the Christian life ain't easy. It's heaven jet. Now, the thing is, before you got onto the plane, some things had to happen. Here was the first thing that happens with heaven jet that is a little bit different to EasyJet. The first thing is, there is no baggage allowed. You are not even allowed to bring on hand luggage, hand baggage. You cannot bring a stitch onto HeavenJet, okay? God says, I have eternity for you. I have something prepared for you that is wonderful and amazing. And it's going to be for the rest of eternity. But to get there, there comes a moment where you have to decide. Am I going to live for eternity? Or am I going to live for stuff? And Jesus talked about this time and time again. Because he said there is a a major battle that goes on in our lives. And it's the battle between spirituality and materialism. That there is something that will fight for your love for God. Something that will dim your passion for Jesus. And it's called stuff. Money, cars, homes, clothes. All that stuff is temporary, is rubbish, the Apostle Paul says, compared to knowing Jesus. And yet, it can have such a hold on us, can't it? Have you ever, um, have you ever given something to somebody and it's a little bit like a cheese pizza? You know, when you, you know when you have a cheese pizza and you take one of the bits of, of pizza off, what happens is that the, the piece that you're giving is still attached to the rest of the pizza. With a nice, I'm going to call it cheese, but I'm not really sure what it is. It's some kind of chemical that Domino's pizza put on there. And it's, it's, it's amazing. It's like rubber. And, it, and, it, you know, and then finally, it like whiplashes back in your eye as you take off the bit of pizza. Sometimes giving is a little bit like that, that we give away and that's good, but it's like, oh, it's tough and it's hard. And the reason for that is, is because the enemy knows what he's doing. He knows that to get your attention, to get your worship, 
He's not going to appear in front of you and say, worship me, I am the devil. But what he's going to do, he's going to put things in front of you that look good. And that's why the world is obsessed with the stuff, with the possessions, with the things that actually will weigh us down. But the Lord says to us, hey, listen, before you check into heaven jet, you need to leave the baggage behind. In fact, I, I did say you weren't allowed to carry on, but I, I lied there. There is a little, you know, you, 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 we, we had it when we went to Ukraine. Um, different uh, airlines, according to how much money you pay, have different shaped and size things that you test your hand luggage in. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You know, with um, Wizz Air, it was like that wide, okay? You can take anything onto the plane as long as it fits in something that wide. You can take in your iPad, that is it. If it's British Airways, it's a bit more, you know, bigger. Well, in Heaven Jet, there's a little thing by the gate as you get on, and it has a shape to it. What is the thing that you're going to take to heaven? Anybody know? Well, the shape of this thing is a heart. That actually, you will be taking your heart to heaven. The earth is a preparation for eternity. Wow. Earth is a preparation for eternity. You guys need to know that there is a battle, a war that goes on for our hearts. That God is somebody that says, do you know what? To be fulfilled, to be satisfied, to be pure, you've got you've to love me. You've got to give everything to me. And there's a war that goes on over the attention of our heart. Are you winning that battle today in the area of stuff? The other thing that happens um, when you get onto heaven jet is you go through security. You know, you have to go through with little transparent bags with your, your toiletries. Is that God asks you to put your heart in a transparent bag. That to get onto the heavenly jet, we need some transparency in our hearts. We need an openness that says, God, you know, please, please search my heart. Please see if there's anything within me that is dimming my passion for you. This is what I was talking about a couple of weeks ago. I was challenging us all to say, do you know what? Our absolute obsession should be to worship Jesus, should be to love Jesus. He is our focus. And if there are things in your life that dim that passion, then let's get rid of it. And a big thing, a big battle will be the battle of stuff. How many people here like being blessed? Ah, oh, four of us. Brilliant. I love, I don't know, I, I, this may not make sense to you, but me and Audrey were talking about this the other day. We love brown envelope moments. Who knows what I'm talking about? You see, all the church workers know what I'm talking about. Um, brown Envelope moments are those moments when, when you're in need. Those moments when you're struggling 
and you hear the little clatter of the letterbox. Or you go to work in the morning and there's something in your pigeonhole. And what it is, is somebody has been touched by the giving heart of God and they have decided to be generous. And they have decided to do a miracle, really, when we think about this battle for our hearts. They have decided to cut the cheesy string on the pizza and to give away and to be generous and to bless. I'll tell you what, there's nothing like a brown envelope moment. We had, we had a bit of a, a brown envelope moment this week. We got a letter from Bishop Christopher, the Bishop of Portsmouth. And the Bishop of Portsmouth, you can imagine the financial pressures that the Church of England is under and all the stuff that is going on. He decided to give the King's Church a brown paper envelope with £12,000 in it for our work with Christians Against Poverty. You can get excited about that. I mean, I mean, it's, you know, just something that we started in faith a couple of years ago. We didn't really have any money and we thought we want to bless our community. We want to give away. We want to be generous. And wow, that just blessed our socks right off. Do you know what's better than getting a brown envelope? Giving a brown envelope. How many people have you blessed this week? I'm not just talking money, talking time, talking a smile, a kind word. Something generous, something where for a moment you took your eyes off yourself. You took your eyes off your need and you said, you know what? I am carrying something within me called the spirit of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ was in heaven one day and there came a call that said there is a need. There are people on my world who are broken, who are lost and who are hurting. And Jesus Christ, because this is all about who he is, he said, you know what? I am going to give. I'm going to take my eyes off myself and I'm going to lay down everything. I'm not just going to lay down some things, but I'm going to lay everything down to demonstrate to people that I love them. And he came and he died on the cross, gave up everything and he rose again. You see, Jesus is our reference point for giving. I want to say this. This this is where I'm going to say this quite strongly, okay? Jesus is our reference point for giving. Can I say this? Maybe to those who um, are not regular at church, you may not understand this. I might try and explain it, but it may not totally make sense. Tithing is not our reference point for giving. Jesus is is our reference point for giving, okay? Now, there was this thing in the Bible called tithing, where you gave 10% of your income to the temple. It was something that you did first in your life. You didn't sort of pay all your bills and then come to the end of the month and think, how much have I got left? What can I afford? And then I'm just going to pop, plop a few things. Quote of the day, I think, was... Winkling out the winkles. I love that quote. That was great. 
I'm not going to, almost like you do with winkling out a winkle, I'm going to look at my wallet and I'm going to winkle out a few coins and I'm going to put it in there and it's going to be the last thing I'm going to think about. It's going to be the leftovers. That's not what they did. They had this, this amazing tradition of saying, do you know what? God comes first. Before I do anything else in life, I'm going to give to him. I'm going to honor him. And it was part of their worship. Now, the amazing thing is, as we re- read here, I think we read it. Let's have a look. 2 Corinthians 9. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart. The incredible thing is that because Jesus has come into our life and our our relationship with him is all about grace and it's all about mercy, you don't have to give anything in the way of your finances. You don't have to do it. The great thing is we get to do it. The amazing thing is, is we are not under compulsion because there is a law that says you need to do this every month with your giving. But because the Spirit of Christ has come into our hearts and he has turned our lives upside down, he has turned selfishness and greed into generosity because that's who he is. We love to give. We laugh when we give. We're joyful when we give. 10% blah, that's nothing compared to what I want to give. Because our lives are all about generosity. Do you come to church on a Sunday morning excited to give? Do you come prepared to give? In your worship? In having a conversation with somebody, even though it's a bit awkward? Oh, I'm a bit shy, Gareth. That's okay. That means that you going and talking to that person who is new, that's more of a gift than somebody like me, who may be a bit more confident doing that. What an amazing gift you can give this morning, that you can get beyond your shyness, you can take your eyes off you, and you can chat to somebody who may be standing on their own in the corner of the church. Have you come ready to give your stuff? your finances? Is there an excitement as the offering time comes around that you think, wow, God has given so much to me. This is just a tiny little thing I can do this morning and that I can return to him. What is his already? Because the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Last thing I'm going to say this morning. We can either love money and use people or we can love people and use money. That's great, isn't it? We can either love money and use people. If money is your thing this morning, if that's the focus of your life, well, you're, you know, you're going to flatten people. You're going to disrespect people. Or are you going to love people and use money. God has given us so much, hasn't he? I, I'm sure we would all agree this morning that God has given us more than we ever deserve, more than sometimes we need. I would love to be a millionaire. 
Anybody else? LC would love to be a millionaire. Ollie Hex, me and you, mate. We'll set up a little club. Okay? Do you know what? I th- I'm, pretty, I'm pretty confident in saying that if me and Audrey were millionaires, we would still live in the same house. We would still, well, I would, not sure if she would, do our shopping, our clothes shopping at the charity shop. Actually, this is, I haven't even bought this. Sam Hansen, where are you, Sam? This is Sam Hansen's jacket because he gave it to me. Thanks, mate. You see, God, God wants to bless us. Sam saw one day that the clothes that I wear are rubbish, basically. <laughs> he looked at me and he thought, what are you wearing? And God just prompted a bit of generosity in his heart. It was a bit like the cheese pizza thing, you know. No, it wasn't. He just gave it away because that's who he is. He loves to give, does our Sam Hansen. Are you a giver? Or are you a getter? God is so much a giver. This is who he is. This is his nature, his personality. It's all in the word as you read your Bible that he gives and he gives and he gives. And he comes to the end of the day and he keeps on giving. We should be the most generous people in Portsmouth. How much do you tip when you go to the restaurant? Do you come to that moment where you're thinking, gracious, was that meal really worth 15 quid? And actually what your focus is, is all about, it's about a worry. It's about, oh my goodness, I don't have enough. Or is the focus at that moment when the bill comes round, how can I be generous? How can I give the biggest tip that this waitress, this waiter has ever received that they'll be thinking, oh my goodness, that person is crazy. That I can demonstrate something of the crazy generosity of God. You see, it's in all that we do. Not just about what we do when the offering comes around, but it's about a lifestyle. Our lives are not like a domino pizza where you know, we get half and half, where Jesus just covers half of the pizza. He wants to cover the whole pizza. He wants to cover everything that we do. And I want to encourage you this morning to be a generous people.